people so there are two camps right there are people who know exactly what's going on and are aiding and abetting it and in fact they're kind of architecturing it right and then there are the people who are just fed the talking points and they just repeat them and they don't really understand what's at stake i feel like the people who are in charge obviously are the minority um and the the second group are kind of the majority but i i I'm not sure who's more I mean I guess the the architects are more dangerous obviously but I think they both share equal blame in what's in what's happening. I mean this is this is a real danger as we were just talking about. I believe it's the number one threat to our republic. I absolutely believe that and I will not back down from that. I wrote a compl- I wrote a book called Invaded the Intentional Destruction of American Immigration System and it details exactly from my career as a 24-year border patrol agent from from a journeyman level all the way up to senior leadership. So I've seen it all. I understand how this all works. I understand the policies and laws frontwards and backwards. And that's where, and you hit on something very important, the architects of this destruction. And it is an intentional destruction. Yes. Let me just put this in, in, in some kind of perspective. Mm. The United States Border Patrol was formed in 1924 in, mm. from an immigration act. Uh, in 1924. So we are now approaching in May, I believe it is, our 100-year anniversary. Joe Biden's been in office for three years. Let me make it very clear to your audience. Everything that is happening today within the DHS and the United States Border Patrol never happened for 97 years. This only, only happened, let me give you one example, parole, immigration parole. So when you think of, you hear parole, you think state and local law enforcement where somebody gets released from jail, you're on probation and parole. If you violate your terms, I send you back. That's not parole in federal law enforcement, federal immigration. Parole is used so sparingly that I've never even done it in my career in 24 years. So I arrest a a human smuggling organization. The U.S. attorney will parole a material witness into America, or if I have a relative in America that dies, or I have to see a specialist uh, in medical, I will be allowed to be paroled into America under a very strict timeline, about seven to 10 days. And then I must check in with an immigration officer and deport, self-deport myself into the nation where I came from. Rarely used, rarely if ever used, like never. Mm. Well, now... Mayorkas has changed all of it, bastardized parole, and has paroled in millions of people into America. No checks, no anything. So when you talk about the architect, it's not Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't know what month it is, more or less, if he had breakfast this morning. The architect is Alejandro Mayorkas, the the secretary of DHS. Alejandro Mayorkas, I, I dedicated a whole chapter in my book to this man. He created every policy that we are living through today. He was the creator and facilitator of DACA under Obama. He was the director of USCIS, which is a huge organization of immigration policy and law. Then he became the deputy secretary under Obama, and now he's a secretary under Biden. He is the tip of the spear. He is a highly intelligent man, very uh, determined and strategic. He comes across as a very small, diminutive man. Which he is in very stature. dovish. I, I, he yes, a very dovish. But he is high. Look, okay. I think it's very important to talk about this man because everyone. Yes. The, the first knee jerk reaction because we look at these politicians that we have, AOC, uh, you know, McConnell. They're all just borderline mentally deficient, right? right? This man plays that role. Like, well, I don't know. Oh, shucks, I don't know. This was the youngest U.S. attorney. In the history of America, the mm. youngest. Okay, this man came from communist Cuba, mm. naturalized under his parents, mm. came a U.S. citizen, went to prestigious universities, and then became the youngest U.S. attorney in American history, and then became the most powerful law enforcement officer. You want to talk about Christopher Ray? Christopher Ray has nothing on Alejandro Mayorkas. Mayorkas's budget dwarfs FBI dwarfs. All of that, he has tens of thousands of employees at his disposal. So if you want to connect the first dot to the architecture and destruction of America, the immigration system, it's through Alejandro Mayorkas. I'm so glad you brought him up. I find him to be a very sinister figure.
And I, I, I think that he, more than anyone, as you just outlined, is responsible for what's happening. And I'm glad that you mentioned policy, <clears throat> excuse me, because I think we need to draw a straight line between policy decisions and what's happening on the border. It's easy to kind of check in with your evening newscast for 10 minutes a day and kind of think that this is something that's just kind of happening organically. That's not the case, is it? No, let's, and it's a great point. Let, let's, let's talk straight numbers so you have an idea of what we're talking about, okay? Yeah. Number one, all the data I'm going to cite to you is DHS data. Number two, I don't believe any of it. And I, I can explain why. They segment it, they, they split it up, and then they, then they omit certain data. But just using their data, since Joe Biden has taken office, they have arrested over 10 million people. They have they have a release rate of anywhere from 95 to 97 percent, meaning almost every individual that crosses the border is released. We have 10 million. So let's just say 95. So we got about nine point three, nine point four million ish, somewhere around there. That's a huge number, JJ. Mike, we're not even talking about the the, we call them getaways, the getaways where there's no border patrol agent. Listen, when I was in the border patrol. Every inch of that border, a southern border, was accounted for. May not have an agent working five miles away, but I was responsible for that five miles. So I would cut the roads. I would listen to the sensors. I would listen. I would watch the cameras. Be tell me where to go. I own that five ten miles. Yeah, eighty percent of the United States southern border is unmanned. Let me repeat that to you: eighty percent, because all of the border patrol agents have been reassigned to babysit hold babies, take people to the hospital. There's no enforcement, none. So, so again, you that's take by 80, design. It's by design, absolutely by design. And here's something else. Okay, you want to talk about being strategic. So, and it's going to make your, it'll make your audience head spin. So think about this. So I've been, let's say I've been in the Border Patrol for 15 years, okay? I am allowed per federal government, I get one day off every pay period. I, I accrue. That's mm. 26 vacation days. Mm. Alejandro Mayorkas. Now, remember, we have no agents. We are absolutely depleted. You know what Alejandro May- Mayorkas does? Mm. About every two months, he grants another free day randomly. A memo comes out. Everybody gets a day off. <laughs> so he's taken. There's supposed to be 21,000 Border Patrol agents. We're at about 14,900, 14, and then he gives everybody extra days off. Everyone knows it's a scam. He's already given close to 15 to 18 extra days off on top of my 26 that I get every year. Okay, so now it, it, I can go, this, this it is, is like- insane. This is like a head coach taking a linebacker out of his defense, you know, every couple of plays and having, you know, 11 people play against 12. Yeah. And just saying, well, it's all right. Just and and agents, agents are frustrated. They're demoralized. They're pissed off. They're resentful. But you know what they say? Give me that day off because I can't go to work anymore. I am. I am part of the problem and I need to leave. We have a record suicide rate in the United States Border Patrol. You have taken men and women that swore an oath, swore an oath to God in their country, and now are participating in the smuggling of illegal aliens. 10, 10 million. I'm telling you through my experience and my contacts, I've only been, only been retired two years. All of my contacts are on my former colleagues are still out in the field, and they all tell me the same thing. At least, JJ, 10 million more have crossed, and we have no idea who they are. So we're looking at when Biden's done, 25 million people being in America. We were talking right before we came on about this being a destabilization effort. There are some people who say, well, you know, the country's a big country. It can absorb these people. I don't think that we can. What you, what is, what's your opinion on that? Well, let me give you two, two examples. New York City, you talked briefly that you grew up there. New York City is in a death spiral. You have you have destroyed all of your social services destroyed. Crime is skyrocketing. I'm now reading major gangs from Venezuela, Haiti, Cuba, etc. are now running rudshot over New York City. You think you had violence before people? You you don't understand what people run around with machetes and hack people to death. That's what's coming for you. 
you have you have these illegal aliens from Venezuela beating up your cops, beating them up. Then you have your absolutely brain dead mayor, Mayor Adams, who is so grossly unintelligent. Mm-hmm. He just took and I don't know if you saw this. This was last week, took fifty three million dollars from his budget and turned it into one thousand dollar gift cards preloaded and gave them to illegal aliens. Are you telling me there's not American citizens that could use thousand dollar gift cards yeah let me repeat that he took 53 million dollars from new york city residents and gave it to illegal aliens not fifty three thousand dollars, fifty three million. now when you say well that's new york city and i go yes now all the major cities have saturated they have a saturation point right you can only handle so much let me tell you what's going to happen to middle america because it's already happening take i'll give you a perfect example whitewater wisconsin where mm. the hell's that that's right. You have no idea where that is. 14,300 residents. 14,300. And then when within months, Joe Biden, his, his administration, shipped over 1,000 nationals from Nicaragua to Ven- and Venezuela. The whole city has collapsed. The city mayor and the, the city manager, Democrats, sent a letter to Biden. You can look this up. And they said, basically, we are being destroyed he says, we have we have things happening now in our county and city that we've never seen before. Kidnappings, rapes, murders, child molestation. He goes on and on and on. It's we're being destroyed. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. You know, we have some Republican governors, um, Abbott down in Texas, DeSantis in Florida, who in recent months have become have begun busing illegal immigrants to other parts of the country. And at first, I have to admit, I kind of delighted in that. And I was like, yeah, you know, take that. But the more I think about it, the more I realize that's exactly what I would be shocked if these folks, Mayorkas and his ilk, didn't war game this out and didn't plan this out. Because now you have literally people being shipped from the border right into, I mean, it's like shooting something directly into the vein of the body of the country you're shooting you're, you're shipping all these people to all of these small towns like you just mentioned that they otherwise would never have reached your thoughts yeah. on that let's talk about abbott for a second yeah abbott's kind of held up as the the standard bearer right for right. for southern border uh governors and i've never been an abbott fan in fact he is such a half-assed politician Everything he does is half-assed. Let me give you an example. So down in Eagle Pass, Texas borders Mexico. Their border is 1,254 miles long. Okay? It's a long stretch of of border. Eagle Pass is some little dusty nothing town. But that was the epicenter. And they were having – they were holding by 5,000. I have agents that work there and call me and send me pictures. 5,000 people living between bridges in America. So what does Mayork mean um, Abbott do? He sends down the National Guard to Shelby Park. It's a park inside of uh, Eagle Pass. And he's champion as this great guy. Well, the problem with that, guys, is Shelby Park is 47 acres. Not 47 miles, not 470 miles, 47 acres. So, so Abbott has secured 47 acres of his 1,254-mile border. And guess what all my buddies tell me? JJ, this is just theater. It's just farce. What happens, JJ, when we put military barbed wire and stuff in the area? Well, they just go around it. They just go. It's 47 acres. I'm not asking you to walk 47 miles in the desert. I'm telling you, please walk about a mile that way and then take a take a, a turn and you're in America. And there's no one there. Abbott, Abbott is the same as all politicians. They're all liars. They're all in for it themselves. They're all trying to get reelected. Look, if I was the governor of Texas, my first reaction as millions, not thousands, millions of illegal aliens poured across my country, destroyed my southern towns and destroyed like locusts going through Texas, destroyed everything. I would send my complete National Guard down there and I would shut the border down and I would tell Biden and the Supreme Court, go pound sand. I have state rights. And if you want to, you're more than welcome. And Texas will have a war with you. But we don't do that. We just allow millions of people to come in. Listen, Mike, every single day, you have to understand this because this is very important. Every single day, 12 to 20,000 illegal aliens pour across that border every day that we arrest, that we know of. Let's just go to the baseline. 
let's say it's 10,000. 10,000 people a day? I try to tell people this. Let's take 12,000 as a number, okay? Just 12,000 because that's what it was before Christmas. Before Christmas, it reached 20,000 people, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's just Mm -hmm. use 12,000. So we just had the College World Series, college, excuse me, college football series. So in, in, in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, we had Alabama versus, I think it was Michigan. There was 100,000 people. Just give you a visual. 100,000 people in the Rose Bowl, jam-packed in there. Think of in eight days, I, in, on day one, I opened the southern gate to that, that stadium. And in eight days, eight days, I have it completely filled with illegals from 180 nations across the earth. I'm talking special interest aliens, terrorists, gang members, everything, 100,000. And then at 12 midnight on that eighth day, I open the, the northern gates and I push all 100,000 into America. And at the same time, an hour later, I click my southern gates come open and I fill the stadium again in eight days and I release them and I bring another 100,000 in. That's what's happening to you, America. The United States of America is allowing the Rose Bowl of people into your nation every eight days. That is actually very, very frightening. And I'm glad you made that analogy because I think it really drives at home. I think it's easy to become desensitized to these numbers. 10,000 people, well, it's not that much. It's a huge, huge number. And the question that I have is, do we wake up? Because there is going to be a point where it's going to be too late. Do we wake up before it's too late? That's the question I keep asking myself. Do, do, does this reach mass kind of awareness before we find ourselves in for a really, really tough time? As I get older, I've always been a very extreme optimist. Like everything's going to be good. I'm going. God's going to take care of us. I'm going to work hard. And but as I get older, and I continually believe in God, and I believe His hand is, is divine providence on us. However, I'm more of a straight up realist now. I mm-hmm. just see things. I'm I'm older. I have a son and a wife. I, everything is very pragmatical for me because I see things. I think very clearly, especially when it comes to law and order and danger. I see it. I see the telltale signs of our cities crumbling. I see it. Look, I moved to Kansas where my wife is from uh, a year ago just to get away from California where I where I spent the last two decades, uh, two and a half decades. What do we have in Kansas? We just had a shooting. My wife and son were five minutes away. They just left the exact same spot that 23 people were shot and one killed wow. five minutes prior. So I see the degradation of America. I believe America is a nation in a cesspool of immorality, has no civility, and we have allowed criminal activity to take place. Now, when you when you acknowledge that, yes, we have a major crime problem in America, and then I tell you, we just added 20 million more people that are homeless, hungry, tired, resentful, and angry. Because guess what's happening in New York City? Everyone is getting pissed off. Not, not, the, not the residents. I'm talking the illegal aliens because they're housed. And, I was just about to say, up. don't forget entitled. They're all those things that you mentioned, and they're also entitled. Well, look what happened. Look what they did down. They, they interviewed a guy yesterday, Ben Burkwam, who's a friend of mine who's down on the border constantly. He's a great investigative journalist. He interviewed a guy, and he said, yeah, I've been at the Rowe Hotel for seven months. That man has had three meals a day. His roof over his head, laundry paid for, extra spending cash, and room service for seven months. Yeah. And it's going to continue because everyone's making money except the American public, and we're getting destroyed. Look, we when you start talking, Mike, look, you and I have been talking, what, now 22 minutes, okay? The immigration, the immigration invasion is so broad and wide we've spoken for 22 minutes and we've just touched just the surface you and i haven't talked about special interest aliens terrorists the number of gang members we haven't even discussed the, the hard narco that's come through in the hundreds of thousands tons not pounds tons you and i haven't even talked about the world's largest modern day sex trafficking of children happening right here in america there's so much to discuss and unpack. But what I what I want to convey to your audience is that I'm not some disgruntled 
Border Patrol agent, federal government. I was in a higher level leadership position. I love my job. I love the men and women that I worked with. But I am telling you without reservation that our own government is the enemy. They're trying to systematically destroy America through immigration. There is a thing called the Great Replacement Theory, and it is in effect. I'm going to give you just one quick example so you can say you can call me whatever you want, but just listen to the data. In December of last year, 2023, so our, our, our numbers, our federal, federal data gets released at the end of the month for the prior month, okay? So we just got this data in December. December was the first recorded month in United States history where native births, meaning our babies were born, and it was negative to the amount of illegal aliens that we allowed into our country. I mean, what do, you, in, what do you call that if you don't call that replacement? What do you call so that? So let me just give you so, you so your audience has an idea of what I'm talking about. 302,000 United States citizen children were born into America. 302,000. In, in December, United States Border Patrol arrested over 370,000 illegal aliens. They released 97% of them, which comes to a little over 359,000. So you have almost 360,000. Illegal aliens released, not counting the other hundreds of thousands of getaways that month. And so we were in a negative of about 60,000 individuals. Now, when you go back and you look at 2021-2022 census data, it was 3.2 to 3.5. They believe the same number of elite of births will be in 2023. The numbers haven't come out, about 3.5, 3.6. In a calendar year of 2023, not the physical year, the calendar year of arrest was over 3.3 to 3.4 million, not counting the getaways. So we're at a basic even. But when I count the getaways, every year we have millions, not thousands, millions of more illegal alien people than we do U.S. citizens. And now it comes a simple math problem. That's Mm. it. And no one wants to discuss it because you're a racist. And this has nothing to do with race and ethnicity. And people say, well, you just, I love this when, when, when people that are so uninformed, well, JJ, you're a racist because you don't like Mexicans. And I go, okay, number one, you are so grossly ignorant. It, it's shocking. Less than 30% of everyone that's arrested is a Mexican national. Right. 70% of all of the illegal aliens are other than Mexican. Do you know that there's 195 nations on planet earth and we have accounted for 180 of those nations in our arrest data? So every nation on planet Earth basically is pouring into America. Every well, skin tone, every religious belief, every every societal decision. It's you can't sustain a nation like this. You can't. No, you can't. And now, you know the word is out as you just outlined that it's it's kind of opens the doors are wide open. Come, you know, you're foolish. You're foolish if you don't do this. That's yes. the message that is being sent. What? Was there a time when our, when was the last time our border was secure? Great question. I'm glad you asked that because the greatest president, border president in the history of America, his name was Donald Trump. You don't have to like him. You don't have to like his hair, his tweets. I am telling you, for the first time in my 24-year career, we were winning, guys. We were within six months, six to nine months of his second term of having the border completely secure. Let me explain. Let me just give you a simple data. After two years, he fought with his own party, McConnell and Mitch Ryan, who are scumbag Republicans. They did everything they can to not fund the border wall. I was there. My brothers and sisters got their heads caved in by rocks, shot at, stabbed, fought because those bastards wouldn't give us the money. They wouldn't give us five billion. They just passed 60 billion to Ukraine, which is going to be now over 160 billion. They couldn't give me and my boys 5 billion to do the border. So if I sound passionate and angry, I watch my, my guys get medically retired, get killed themselves on the border because they felt, uh, disenfranchised and unrepresented and, and, and resentful. So yeah, I'm pissed off at them, but let me give you this data. Finally, yeah. Trump gets the money, puts pressure on the, on the Northern Triangle nation south of, uh, Mexico. And guess what happened? At the end of his term, we were arresting. I want you to try to wrap your brain around this. There's 5,400 miles on the northern border. There's over, there's 2,000 miles plus or minus on the southern border. 6,400 miles of border. And we were arresting 566 people a day. 
That's nothing. 566, and guess what? Every single one of them were deported. Fast mm -hmm. forward to the first day in Biden's office, and I was there. I did the data. I looked at the data. I had to disseminate it. That was my job as a senior leader. We jumped over 5,000 people, 5,000 like that. And it has not slowed down. At the peak, we're getting 20,000 a day. 20,000. Majority single adult males from the continent of Africa and the Middle East and Latin America. Do you think that's going to turn out well? Do you think that when there are millions of single adult military age men, with the majority of them being soldiers from the CCP in China and terrorists from the Middle East? Look, you don't even have to agree with what I'm saying. The data's right, but you may not like me. You don't like my T-shirt, whatever it is. But let's go to Christopher Ray, who is the, the director of FBI. And he said under oath, I have never seen this broad of a threat in my history of my career. He also just gave a talk to the, the, the uh, National Sheriff's Convention last week, uh, over 3,300 sheriffs across the nation. And he said, I'm going to try to quote, which Biden refused I have, to address, There are the more red flags now than there were before 9-11. Let that sink in. Direct uh, impact from open borders. It's 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 a real scary thought. You know, you mentioned your um you mentioned your time as a border patrol agent. Walk us through that. Um, how many years? So I did twenty four years total. I spent my first decade down on the Tijuana border in a station called Imperial Beach Station. If you look at a map and you see the the Pacific Ocean all the way in California, all the southwest corner of it, that's where I worked, and I worked eleven miles. Uh, to the to the east, crossed over San Ysidro Port of Entry, the largest port of entry in, in North America. And it was the most violent area during the modern history of the Border Patrol because everyone that was arrested and finally released, they were ICE or INS back then, would deport them through to Tijuana. They would get drunk high, and those gang members would pour across the border. So all I arrested were gang members, murder and rapists, and a couple maids and, and landscapers, but majority criminal aliens. Most violent time in recent history. I ran an ATV unit, high, high response team, was assaulted multiple times every day. I went to work every day knowing I was going to get into a, at least a fist fight. I, I don't know what it says. I know it says some good things about me, and I know it also says maybe some derogatory. But in that violent, hopeless, desperate world, I, I thrived, and I was awesome. I was a great agent. I was highly productive. I ran great units. I took a transfer up to, to San Clemente Station, which is Southern California, and I created a, a unit called the Coastal Border Enforcement Team because once we shut San Diego sector down and they couldn't get through, they took boats, and they brought boats in, giant Mexican, pal, Mexican fishing vessels called pongas. They could put 35 people in it, and we were my unit would – as they washed ashore, we would take them down and take down all the smuggling units. But El Chapo Guzman, the, the infamous drug cartel of Sinaloa cartel, took over all those routes. And then we just became a narcotic unit. And we took down all of his loads, every last one of his loads in Southern California. My unit took down. One of my agents helped testify against him to get his conviction. And then I took some, some transfers, promotions within San Diego sector. And I ended up as a deputy patrol agent in charge. To give you a kind of understanding, there's 2,500 agents or used to be 2,500 agents in San Diego sector, and I was in the top 20, 25 of them. So I had high level access and understanding of, of manpower, technology, budgets, the whole plethora. So why I say that I have a very unique perspective is because I worked in the trenches. I know what it's like to fight for your life down there at two o'clock in the morning and, and get beat up and fight and break your bones. And I know what it's like to run special units with high motivated men and women. And I know what it's like to, to be at a higher level where I'm just, I'm managing a station. So when, so when you look at that, that's why I can speak so directly to the policy, to the law. And what I could tell you is that I am witnessing the complete destruction of the American immigration system with the ultimate goal being amnesty. That's the that's the last thing. And this piece, you're going to see it once once Biden gets reelected or or Gavin gets reelected. You are going to see or Michelle Obama, 
you're going to see a push for amnesty. If Trump wins, if Trump wins, he's already promised the world's largest deportation force. Yeah. My my argument or my my theory on what will happen is I believe there will be bloodshed in America's streets and it will be Americans against Americans because it will be dirty, violent, and horrible, but there is no other way to do it. This was done. And people say, well, you can't do that. You can't deport everyone. Well, no. Everything that I'm saying and Trump is saying and people on my side are saying, we've already done it, people. Eisenhower did it with Operation Wetback in 1954. Millions of illegal aliens self-deported. If you take away their ability to rape and pillage our social services, welfare benefits, jobs, medical, education, you remove that, you say you cannot have that, they will leave. And then you round up everyone else and you get them out. If if you just if you turn off the spigot, they're not gonna they're not gonna want to stay in you. I mean, it's as simple as that. If you turn off the magnets, people folks leave. Um, yeah. It's not any more complicated than that. How, you 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 mentioned your your colleagues. What is the overall view? And you've alluded to this already. What is the overall view of policymakers from folks on the ground? I gotta I gotta feel I gotta believe that they feel betrayed. They feel abandoned. They absolutely, yeah, they do. The the rank and file feels absolutely betrayed by their uh, management, their leaders, their chief. Um, they feel resentful. Uh, they're angry. But here, let me tell you the the characteristic that makes me nervous. Okay, those men and women that I work with, we were down in the the river bottoms of Tijuana at. Midnight, one, two in the morning, by ourselves, fighting MS-13 gang members. I don't, I can't, it's not CSI Miami where everyone gives up. It is a physical, brutal, you are going to submit to me or they're going to hurt me or kill me. Right. So it's violent. And those are the same men and women that worked on with me on the beaches where it was just be five of us taking down 20 narco smugglers and chaos. You know what they all tell me now? Mm. Never were they afraid. We just barreled in and we did it. They tell me, JJ, I'm, I'm scared, dude. And I'm like, okay, what did you say? I'm scared. Okay, why are you scared? He, and they say to me, to a man, I'm releasing people into our nation that I know are terrorists and criminals. Mm. I know they are. I see the data. I see the screen pop up and tell me who they are. And I'm being told to release them. All so it's not just a gut feeling. They have hard information and hard details on these folks that they're, they're bad actors. Yes. Yes. Let me just give you a baseline. So I bring over a child and I say that he's mine and I'm a, now I'm a family unit. Right. But I'm from Haiti. I've already been arrested and deported. I have multiple misdemeanors, maybe a felony. Guess what? Instead of deporting me back to Haiti, I let you walk into America. This is happening by the thousands every day. Criminals. that Venezuela, uh, Haiti, Cuba, uh, what other crap hole cesspool South America, Central American country? They have emptied their jails and their sane asylums. This mm-hmm. is not even a, a disputed fact. This is a fact. It's happening. So you have now millions of, I did this in my book. I did, I did a whole section on the number of criminal aliens and I watered it down. I took all DHS data, DOJ, FBI data, and I crunched it and then I cut it. I cut it by like 95% and said, if I cut this by 95%, this is how many criminal aliens you have in your nation. And it was shocking. Mm. It's shocking. I love to take their data and just whack it, whack it down to minute number and percentage and say, is this okay? That's like me saying, I'm looking at my data. And let me just, so special interest aliens, we call them SIAs. They're Mm. individuals that have some sort of tie to terrorism, Terrorist nation, whatever. Mm. And Joe and Donald Trump's last year, to give you some kind of ta- context, Donald Trump's last two years, 2019, 2020, we had less than 2,000 of these special interest aliens. Mm. I've arrested, I've arrested, I would say anywhere from 10 to 15,000 people directly or indirectly. Okay. Mm. I have less than five special interest aliens in my 24 year career that I remember. Very rare. Very rare. Fast forward to 2022, Joe Biden has arrested and released 25,000. In 2023, he arrested 
over 80,000 and released. In 2024, our FY starts in, in October. In four months, we are now at 30,000. We are expected to go, go over 100,000 special interest aliens, which are released into our country. So I say to you, 100,000, let's take 2024's numbers. 100, well, let's just take 2022 and uh, 2023. It's 105. Let's just say it's 100,000. 100,000 special interest aliens arrested and released into America. And you hate my guts because I profess to be a MAGA Republican. MAGA, I'm not a Republican. America first Donald Trump supporter, which mm. I am. Mm. And you hate my guts. And you say, I don't believe your data. Okay. Okay. Let's say that I'm 99% wrong. And you say, okay, I'll agree with that. I think that you're so full of crap. You're 99% wrong. Okay. Are you still okay with 1,000 terrorists <laughs> being in your nation? Right. Are you? And then they just shut up because they're like, what? Yeah, I'm 99% wrong. So now we have, this is not my data. This is DHS. It's right on the website. You can go there and look at it. It's not secret. 1,000 illegal alien terrorists. You're okay with that? How do you think that plays out in America? It took 19 to destroy our nation's economy and bring us to our knees. Well, this is this is what we mean by the, making the data real, because even even one is too many. Imagine a thousand, and now imagine the numbers that that you just mentioned. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the rub again. You mentioned the gentleman who was, um, you know, put up at the Four Seasons for eight months, or whatever hotel it was, and got everything that he could ever want, and he's still unhappy. Talk to us for a moment about the NGOs that are involved in this, that are facilitating this kind of thing and um, enabling it? Great question. I'm glad you've done your homework on this. They are the most evil part of this whole, of this whole smuggling organization, and they're the back end of it. Mm -hmm. So you're doing such immense uh, amounts of people. The federal government does not have the manpower facilities, anything to handle it. So they subcontract it to, to the uh, non-governmental organizations, NGOs. And they are corrupt to the core. There is no vetting. There is no hiring the best people. Okay. And who are these NGOs? Well, let's just talk about the, 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 the large ones. Catholic charities. I'm Catholic. I find it utterly disgusting. They are horrific organization. Catholic charities, United Way, Jewish Family Services, Lutheran Family Services. Now, once you get past them, they are in the billions. Think of this. Billions of dollars the federal government's given to them. Then you have hundreds of small mom and pops that are making a million, three million, four million. No one has, there's no oversight. In fact, a buddy of mine just sent me a list, the list of NGOs that are contracted by the U.S. government. This And this changes every day, gets bigger every day. It was seven pages long. My gosh. Seven pages long, single-spaced Line item, seven pages of NGOs. We have, there's not enough agents or auditors to determine what the, let me give you an example. Catholic Charities in San Francisco, excuse me, San, San Antonio, uh, Hernando Arce, uh, who's an investigative journalist, focuses on this one uh, facility in San Antonio where once the illegal aliens are processed, you got to remember, they're processed and then we immediately release them. Immediately, they're just released. So mm. you cross, it takes you about four days for the Border Patrol to come get you because you live on the American side. The Border Patrol arrests you, uh, processes you within less than 24 hours, probably about six to eight hours, and then releases you. And you go to this facility. This one facility in 2021 to 2022, they haven't come out with their latest data, over $12 million. One facility, $12 million. And there's hundreds of facilities Look, Catholic Charities, I wrote this in my book, and Michelle Malkin, who's an incredible author and uh, entrepreneur, wrote a book called Border Inc. And she detailed the NGOs. I, I said, if you want to learn something about the NGOs, that's the book you read. From 2000, I think it's 8 to 2021, 20, excuse me, 2020, Catholic Charities received over $3 billion. $3 billion. That's one organization. If you looked at this border bill, they tried to ram down our throat last week. They they were giving NGOs $3.9 billion. 
for one year. And that's partial payment to all what's going on. So in one year, I would say the total payments to NGOs will surpass $5 billion for illegal aliens. And that's the rub, isn't it? Is that we're financing this evasion ourselves. We're the ones we're the ones paying for it. Um, I'm glad we're talking about money. I want to talk for a moment about because you mentioned this a, a few minutes ago the the amount of illicit money that is coming over the border. Do you think the border can be secured without addressing that part? Because the border is big business now, and so whether we like it or not, you spoke a moment ago about being pragmatic. We have to take that into account. We have to make it in people's, I don't want to put it this way, but people's business interest to secure the border. How do we tackle that aspect of it? I think it's through shows like this. I really do. I think I think mainstream media is dead. I think, all, and I I'm, I used to be a Fox News guy. Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, I'd watch it. I haven't watched five minutes of anything Fox in the last six months, okay? Right. Everything I get is straight for podcasts because- Look, if you want to know about the border, why do you want to take what I say through Sean Hannity's filter and Sean Hannity tells me what it is? I like Sean Hannity, but I don't I don't care what Sean Hannity thinks. I want to know what Colonel McGregor thinks about Ukraine. I don't right. want it to go through Laura Ingram's voice. I want to know exactly what that man because he's an expert. Right. So I think it's I think it's education because here's the thing. America does not run its immigration system. Let me explain yes. what I mean by that. Yeah. United, the, the Mexican cartel, the Mexican government, they're all the one and the same. The Mexican cartels rule the southern border. They determine where people cross, how many, and from where they are. They're actually given wristbands, colored wristbands, so the cartels know who they own. And that wristband signals to that individual, if you don't pay me my money when you get to America, I'm going to kill all your family. And they will. They own everything. We're talking about a monthly profit for cartel smuggling in the billions with a B, billions on just for people coming across. We are not even discussing the number of the, the, the amount of hard narcotics, fentanyl, cocaine, heroin coming across our border. And then all of that, it's now a trillion dollar business annually. Trillion with a T people going south. All that cash has to go south. It doesn't stay in America. It goes south. Trillion dollars. Trillion. Yeah, I'm not making it. It's trillion dollars. You have from from Donald Trump, you had 50,000 overdose deaths. He said at that time, this is an epidemic. This cannot stand. We have got to do it. And closing the border will be a, a big help. This will help stop it. Biden takes over. In one year, we double we go to over 100,000 deaths with 60, over 65% of them related to fentanyl, which is from China, Wuhan lab. I know it's shocking to hear this, but the Wuhan lab creates the fentanyl. China ships it to Mexico. Mexico president already acknowledged, yes, this is happening. And then they bring it up into America because they cut up the heroin, the cocaine with it, and make counterfeit pills. And that fentanyl is killing Americans. And then going into Biden's third year, Overdose deaths will reach one, uh, excuse me, 150,000. And no one says a damn thing about it. No one says. But the drugs are pouring over. No one says anything about it. Um, The child trafficking, you mentioned that a moment ago. How prevalent is that? No. In in my career, I, I witness women that have been raped, People getting killed, bodies on the side of the river, the, you know, little kids crying. I've seen it all, and it does has no effect on me, right? I'm desensitized. It, it just is. I can eat a hamburger and interview somebody that's a rapist or murderer. I just don't care. They're a savage. The world's evil. This is just how it is. I know that says a lot about my character. I understand that, but there's no way of getting through a law enforcement career without being desensitized. I can imagine some of the things you've seen and heard. However, nothing makes me want to kill everyone that's associated with child sex trafficking. 
Like I want to kill them with my physical. I don't want to shoot them. I don't want to stab them. I want to strangle the life. I want to see the life leave their body through their eyes. And I want to be the instrument of their death. Okay. And I don't think that's, I, I don't say that to be dramatic. I've witnessed these people, these savage pedophiles, these disgusting people. Yeah. However, the largest pimp of child sex trafficking is the United States government. Since Joe Biden has taken office, over 500,000, I think the number is closer to 600,000, unaccompanied alien children, we call them UACs. Those are babies. It's hard to believe. Babies, unaccompanied babies, meaning their brother or sister carried them across to 17-year-olds. Between, I would say it's probably about 550 to 600,000 now. They are brought into America. Border Patrol has to, per the, the, uh, a, a policy that was created through the Supreme Court, release them within 72 hours. We turn them over to HHS, which is Health and Human Services, and they turn them over to ORR, which is Officer, Office of Refugee Resettlement. Think of a gigantic federal child protective services. And then they turn them over to sponsors, and they are unvetted sponsors. No DNA testing is done. And now under oath, HHS has no idea where half a million children are. No idea. Okay, let's let's stop for a second. You have investigative journalist Michael Yan and Ann Vandersteel. Uh, this was in the summer, broke uh, a huge story that two super Walmarts, Walmarts not involved, they're just abandoned buildings in Brownsville, Texas, just give your audience an idea how big these buildings are. One house, 5,000 children, males. One house, 5,000 female. And this changed over every day. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then they had people they called escorts. And escorts would fly these children across state lines, so interstate trafficking. And one of the, whist- the, one of the whistleblower said, now think of Epstein when I'm telling you about this. He said, The majority of the places I fly these children to are Florida and New York. He said, and the strange thing is, is every time I drop off these kids, it's extremely wealthy neighborhoods. Now, let me tell you the difference between ORR and Child Protective Services. Because I have an adopted son, so I know this very clearly. There will be follow-up visits. There will be child welfare checks. There will be everything, and I want that, right? When HHS or ORR drops off a child with some random person, they have no idea. There is zero follow-up. They don't call them. They don't go visit them. They don't do anything. Javier Bracera, the head of HHS, said under oath, well, you know, we try to call them, but they don't answer. And then we're not really uh, culpable in following up. Well, here, Javier Bracera, they won't call you, number one, because they're freaking infants or three years old, and they don't know who the hell to call. And number two, those, those five-year-olds, those little babies, and those teenagers can't call you because they're turning tricks five to ten times a day. I know it's harsh. You don't want to hear it. It makes you uncomfortable. But I want to dive into this, Mike. You have to listen. When you are a drug dealer and you, and you sell your cocaine and your heroin, they, that person takes a hit and it's gone. And that product is dissolved and gone. I can't resell that product. This is all under congressional testimony. This is all under sworn testimony. Just go Google it. These kids are being tricked five to time, 10 times a day. You have a five-year-old boy or a seven-year-old girl turning tricks five to 10 times a day, guys. There's over half a million children lost in our community that we don't give a shit about, that we just left into America. There is no way as a, as a nation that we can withstand this without judgment coming from above. There's no way around. There's no way. And listen, it'd be one thing if Biden and Mayorkas goes, holy crap, look what we created. We got to stop this. They haven't done a damn thing to even slow it down. They have in- accelerated this. Right. You're right. seeing, look, look up these videos. I've witnessed this as a, as, a, as a Border Patrol agent. You have children. So let me explain what renting a child is, okay? 
So the cartels have a stable of young kids. Okay. Think of a stable like for sheep. And I just jammed kids in there. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a male. I know that I'm probably going to have to go through the process and take a long time, or I could be a father and I'm a family unit and I'll be released immediately. If I've been deported before a felony doesn't matter. They'll release me. So I go to the cartels that own me and say, okay, JJ, here's your, your risk. You owe me $10,000. You will pay me in installments. If not, I'll kill your whole family. Okay. In order to get through, I'm going to rent you this child. It's going to cost you another $2,000, but you're going to get out of there. Okay. So they give them a child. They pump the child full of drugs. So it's basically almost dead. It's limp. I'm a father. I know what it's like to carry a child. There's videos of these kids drugged up. They can't talk because they, they're going to say, I don't, that's not my dad. And then they ask the fathers. I love this. Hey, how old's your child? Well, he's 18 months. So they don't, they're so stupid. They only think surface level. Okay. When, when was he born? They can't do the math, right? Do the math. We're doing that every day. So the child gets, the child is basically almost dead because it's pumped full of narcotics. Then they've been sexually abused on the South side. They will be that I bring the child over as a Haitian male. And then I turn the child over to an operator on the North side and they bring the child back to Mexico and they re-drug them, and then they ship them over here with another El Salvadorian man or Yemen man. And that's how they get, that's how they're renting the children. This is happening every day, all day. Every day, all day. Let me, let me point out something else that's very important. I don't know how much time we have, but I'll make this very, very quick. All the time you need. Office of uh, the UN, uh, the Migration International Migration Organization, all the left-wing nutjob groups, right? All of them. And all of the conservative groups have determined that between six out of eight women and children out of 10, so 60% or 80% of a group of 10 women are raped or sexually assaulted coming up from the Darien Gap through the South America, excuse me, Central America and the Mexico and across the border. So every woman, if I took randomly 10 women that just crossed the border, five women, five kids, I could, I could say with complete certainty, at least six of them have been raped or sexually assaulted. It's not even an argument. You know what the argument is? The argument is, is it 60% or 80%? Right. That's the argument. Right. Okay. This is what we, we America has created. We created this migration nightmare and these women and children are coming up and being brutalized. There's dead bodies laying down in Darien Gap all the way to Mexico, just riding in the sun and just decomposing. You have an, you have an ecological disaster on the southern border on both sides where Needles, drugs, diapers, human feces, urine, clothes, backpacks, drugs. Everything you can imagine is littered and has destroyed Mother Earth. Where are Sierra Group? Where are all the climate activists? Where are all these people? That is a great, great point, and I don't think I've ever heard anyone raise that before. Uh, it's probably disastrous for those environments. Well, let me give you. Let me just give you two two points. So, in my book, I, I do a whole chapter to this. So, in Arizona, in they have devastated the local landscape in Arizona. Meaning, the desert. I don't know if you've ever been there. The desert's beautiful. Yeah. It's littered with trash. Cattle are dying because they're eating clothes and stuff. The 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 human veg. I mean, the uh, native vegetation has been destroyed, and every year they take. Hundreds of tons, excuse me, thousands of tons of garbage out. Mm. Thousands of tons of garbage. Okay. Mm. So what does that look like? It's not go there with a picker and picking up a can. You're going in and you're scraping the earth with bulldozers. That's how bad it is. Let me tell you where I work in Imperial Beach. Imperial Beach, there's U.S. built, U.S. built and paid sewage treatment plants on the northern side of the border to deal with Mexican waste. My gosh. It's a super fun. So where I worked right on the beach in Imperial Beach in 24 years that I was there, plus now 
That beach has never been open in Southern California because all the raw sewage from Mexico pours into America. It's the, think of this. I think there's only one other river that runs north, north, south to north, and it's the TUJ River. Runs north, comes from Mexico, and then turns and runs north and dumps it into America. Our nation is being destroyed by, man, by demographics, crime, social service destruction, uh, ecological destruction, in and crime. every possible way. I, yes. I, mean, I, I know this is very heavy um, for people to hear and for people to think about, but this is, this is real, folks. This is what's happening right now as we speak. And it's it's only going to get worse. I mean, it's not going to get better unless we realize the the nature of the threat that is happening right now. In in the in the few minutes that we have left here, JJ, tell us if I I wave a magic wand and Alejandro Mayorkas is removed from his post, and I install you, one JJ Carroll, as the head of DHS. What are the first two or three things that you would do? to secure the border. First of all, Very question, for, question number one, is it securable? Absolutely. I witnessed it. I witnessed it throughout my career. Let me give you a, a great example. I came in in night, the late 1990s, and this was Operation Gatekeeper. San Diego sector was being eviscerated by illegal aliens because we had no infrastructure. They poured money into Operation Gatekeeper. We built the wall. We built a secondary fence. We had put ground sensors, cameras, and we went from about 1,000 or 2,000 a day, crossing over six miles, to when I left, we were averaging about 10 people a day. 10, okay? Come fast forward to Donald Trump. Donald Trump fought and got one-fourth of the border, 25% of the border, went down to Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, and said, you will stand up. Your People don't know this. They have their own military, I mean, their own border patrol. Mexico mm. has their own border patrol. Mm. Their fence looks just like ours. Mm. Trump built his fence, told those countries, you will bend a knee, and you will stop this migration crap, these caravans. And know what they told them on day one? They laughed at them. They said, no, we'll keep doing what we do. Because they were used to dealing with Bushes, uh, Obama, all and all those guys you know what Trump said? Fine, go look this up, Google it. Trump said, That's fine. All foreign aid stopped today. None, you get nothing. And all of those cess world th third world countries, cesspool third world countries, they live off of us. They cannot survive. You know what Especially they did? Especially the regimes, right? Nope. Yeah. And they bent the knee and they said, Mr. Trump will do whatever you want. And it stopped. So within six to nine months, that border wall would have been built completely. Mm -hmm. Those nations would be complying because they need us. And guess what would happen? What was happening? ICE, the guys that deal with interior criminal aliens and illegal aliens, were arresting people by the tens of thousands and deporting everybody. Everyone that crossed got deported. You have to understand Never in the history of the United States Border Patrol have we arrested people and released them. Never. Mm. Never. Mm. I have released maybe less than 10 people in my total career of 15,000 people being arrested by myself. And they were very unique, weird circumstances where it wasn't like, okay, go, I'll never see you. Okay, out of the 10, you are going to report at this stage, at this station, at this city. On this date at this time, do you understand me? Or you will be determined to be a legal alien. Yes, sir. I understand completely. Ten. Ten. Mm. Every single day, we arrest between twelve to 20,000 illegal aliens, and it fluctuates, and every single one of them is released. Every single one of them. So what would I do my first day? I do what Trump did. I don't have to come up with I have a whole list, 11, in my book called Solutions. I don't have to make up, okay, let me think about this theoretically, academically. No, all I have to do is, JJ, what worked when you worked? This is what worked. Donald Trump put it into place. But E-Verify has to be in there. Yes. You, you have to be able to, to, look, I already have a real ID card. So 
Anybody can know anything about me. I don't want any government oversight. I don't want the government knowing about me at all. However, I have to be able to make a determination by a law enforcement officer that, yes, I'm a U.S. citizen. Do you know they call this racist? Do you know what Mexico has and all the Central American countries have? They have a voter ID. They have a picture of who they are. And guess what else they have? They physically have a picture of their thumbprint on their card, tamper-proof. So when I get a Mexican national, I look at his card, I can look and say, Give, let me look at your thumb. And I'll dab it in some ink, and I can tell. I can match it just from my eyes, not some forensic. They can do it, but black Americans are too stupid, and Hispanics are too stupid to get an ID. You know how racist and insulting that is? Right. To call them they're so stupid, they don't know where to get IDs at? Right, right. But that is what I would do. You ask me, I the first thing I do, okay, let's walk through this for 30 seconds, I'll tell you. Mm. First thing I do, I fire all of the staff in DHS, mm. all of them. They mm. are pro uh, defund ICE and defund Border Patrol. You think I'm joking? Look it up. They're actually anti ICE and Border Patrol. They want the people that run my organization hate the people that they run. They're all fired. Mm. I bring in Tom Homan. I bring in Mark Dunbar's. I bring in all these people that know what they're doing. And then that everything is signed. Everything goes. There's not triggers, meaning it's happening like that. The United States military down the border. I want that border wall fence fenced, closed down. I want to unit domain one quarter of a mile from the border. It's a no man's land. I want giant guard towers with turrets. I want I want electrified fences. I want the border shut down. I want the Navy and Coast Guard working both coasts. You don't bring in narcotics from anywhere or people. It's shut down. Northern border shut down. Canada, you don't start playing ball. You're not getting any money from us. You can't bring your, your goods into trade. Period. End of discussion. Then I have E-Verify and I turn. Then I have Operation Wetback 2. You don't like that term? I don't care. It's a historical term. You can't erase it. That's what they called it. And they right. called themselves that, so go pound sand. So right. Operation Wetback 2, I'll make it some politically correct name. You call it whatever you want. Right. They, will re- they will release. They will deport themselves, and then I will follow up with my final thing. Illegal aliens in our country, you have one week to self-deport. If I find you in our country, I've uh, thanks to Mayorkas, I have built tens of thousands of holding facilities. You will be put in jail for one year. And then mm. you will be deported and you will never, ever be eligible for any type of relief to come into America. Now get out. And they will leave. And finally, I want to make sure that your audience is very clear about this because the left and the rhinos conflate this. You and I have been talking for an hour about illegal immigration. Yes. Not legal. Yes. Legal immigration is a powerful, powerful tool that makes America great. Absolutely. Some of the greatest natural patriots in America are naturalized citizens. How do I know? Because I live that world. I interviewed those people. I would see them on the board and they pull out their naturalization card laminated and we would talk about how powerful it is to be an American. We immigrate legally 1.2 million people into the country legally every year. If you think that that is too low a number, I think it's too high. We can, have a, we can have an argument, a disagreement. Our representatives who go to Congress, they can argue and create a bill to increase that number. Do you understand that Congress determines how many and from where? So why doesn't Congress change it? If you think we need 10 million a year, then change it to 10 million a year. And the right. reason why they don't like this is because America does not want it. Right. So how do they do it? They circumvent it illegally. Yeah. Our nation, our leaders, our elites, are the enemy of the people. And if you do not believe what I say or you think I'm crazy, I just have one question. You have a nation that's bringing in 20 million people illegally. You have crime that's rampant. You have $98 billion just sent to Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan with zero money going to the United States of America. If you disagree with that, I say the enemy of the people is the government, then tell me where I'm wrong. Yeah. Tell me. And you can't. Critical thinking people cannot argue that statement because everything our government does is anti-American, anti-U.S. citizen. And if I'm wrong, point to me where I'm wrong. That's 100% right. You know, Jay, I think this is um, 
easily one of the most important uh, interviews that I've done. And I, I want to thank you for not just your years of service, but for doing what you're doing now, because in many ways, this is just as important for people to understand what your experience you, you've outlined here that you were on the front lines. You saw everything there was to see and did everything there was to do. Um, so thank you once again for, for taking the time and, and educating us about this. Um, and, and please keep us posted. Where, where can people find you? Tell people where they can find the book and where they can find you online. You can see everything I do on jgcarroll.com. Uh, I have my book is on Amazon. It's called Invaded. Just type in JG Carroll Invaded or there's a link on my on my uh, website. And then on X, I'm JG Carroll 14. And I have a, a weekly podcast called uh, Unrestricted Invasion on Mondays and Thursdays. You can find it on Rumble. And we'll but put Thank all- you so much for allowing me to come on and giving me the wide berth to discuss something that's this important. And you allowed me to speak to it in depth and give the reason. So I, I appreciate that time. Thank you. It's very much my honor, sir. And as you mentioned a moment ago, we barely touched the surface here. So I hope this is the first of many. Good. I'll come back whenever you need. Thank you very much, man. Thanks.